Okay, this is for my students who are studying to take the MBLEX. Um, this is going to be quick and dirty to the point, all right? These are not all the actions, but the most important and the ones most likely to come up on MBLEX. I want you to be able to listen to this on as many times as possible um, quickly, and hopefully it just kind of sinks in like flashcards would. So let's start with deltoid. Deltoid of the shoulder, deltoid. It flexes the shoulder and extends the shoulder. It immediately rotates the shoulder and laterally rotates the shoulder. It also abducts the shoulder. All right, then let's talk about trapezius. Trapezius, trapezius extends the neck, side bends the neck, and contralaterally rotates the neck. That means the right side turns your head to the left, all right? It also acts on the scapula, so it elevates the scapula, adducts the scapula, and depresses the scapula. All right, below that or deep to that, we have the rhomboids. The rhomboids elevate the scapula and adduct the scapula. All right, um, levator scapula elevates the scapula, but it's also a neck muscle. So it extends the neck, side bends the, la the neck, and ipsilaterally rotates. So it rotates to the same side. The right side turns the head to the right. All right, um, let's see, more muscles of the shoulder. Let's do latissimus dorsi and teres major. So latissimus dorsi is the arresting muscle and it works with teres major. They extend the shoulders, adduct the shoulders, and medially rotate the shoulders, all right? Extend the shoulders, adduct the shoulders, and medially rotate the shoulders. Then we have the rotator cuff, the rotator cuff. Rotator cuff includes supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, and subscapularis, all right? Supraspinatus abducts the shoulder. It picks up the ball. Infraspinatus and teres minor laterally rotates the ball to wind it up. Now you're pulling your hand back, getting ready to wind up and throw that ball. Subscapularis is last of sits. It immediately rotates to throw the ball. So pick up the ball, laterally rotate to wind up the ball, Medially rotate to throw the ball in that order. Supraspinatus, infraspinatus, teres minor, and subscapularis. All right. Um, what else do we have acting on the shoulder? Moving around to the front, we have pec minor. Pec minor starts at the ribs, goes to the coracoid process, um, depresses the scapula, and abducts the scapula. Depresses the scapula and abducts the scapula. While we're here, let's talk about serratus anterior because it does the exact same thing. Pec minor and serratus anterior both originate on the ribs and attach to the scapula and they both depress the scapula and abduct the scapula, okay? Pull it away from the spine. On top of that, or superficial to pec minor. Oh, don't forget pec minor is also believed to be responsible for, it is responsible for thoracic outlet syndrome. It compresses on the brachial nerve brachial nerve plexus, sorry. All right, so pec major, pec major on the chest attaches to the humerus at the um, bicipital groove. It flexes the shoulder, it adducts the shoulder, it immediately rotates the shoulder. It also extends the shoulder from a flexed position, all right? Um, moving down the shoulder, moving on down, we have the the muscles of the brachium, the muscles of the brachium of the arm, all right? So we have five brachium muscles. We have coracobrachialis, 
biceps brachialis, triceps brachialis, regular brachialis, and radiobrachialis. All right? So, coracobrachialis flexes and adducts the shoulder. Coracobrachialis flexes and adducts the shoulder. Biceps flexes the shoulder and the elbow, and it is the primary supernator. Put your finger in the crease of your elbow and turn your hand up like you're holding a bowl of soup and you will feel it tighten. All right? Um, brachialis, also on the, the brachium, flexes the shoulder and nothing else. Triceps brachii is on the back of the arm. It extends the shoulder and extends the elbow. It also adducts the shoulder. All right? Um, brachioradialis starts on the arm, goes down to the wrist, right? It flexes the, the elbow, but it also supinates and pronates, usually against resistance, all right? So it helps with uh, supination and pronation. Moving further down the arm, we have the wrist flexors and wrist extensors. The main thing we want to remember, the wrist flexors start on the medial epicondyle, all right? Golfer's elbow, when you have tendonitis or medial epicondylitis, it's the flexors, okay? Golfer's elbow. The extensors start on the lateral epicondyle, okay? They are responsible, they, when they are damaged or you have epicondylitis of the lateral side, it's tennis elbow, all right? Extensors start on the lateral epicondyle, tennis elbow when you have tendonitis. Um, that's it for the arm and shoulder. Let's go over, back over to the neck, the neck. So important neck muscles. All right, we have in we in the back we have a uh, splenius capitis. Splenius capitis. It is on the back. It extends the neck. It side bends the neck. It ipsilaterally rotates the neck. Okay. Um, in the front we have sternocleidomastoid. Very important. Um, very important contralateral rotator. Okay. So sternocleidomastoid flexes the neck. Sometimes it extends the neck, depends on which book you're reading and the position of the neck. So it may, it primarily flexes, but it also kind of helps to extend. But it side bends and it contralaterally rotates, and that's what you want to remember. Sternocleidomastoid contralaterally rotates. The right side turns your head to the left. Think about when you turn your head to the left, you feel that nice, strong muscle right there. Think, remember Will Smith, right? it gets tight on the right side. If you ever get confused about contralateral rotation, do that. Turn your head to one side and feel that strong muscle right there in the middle of your, of your sternum going up to your head. The right side is tight if your head is turned to the left. The left side is tight if your head is turned to the right. That will always be home base for contralateral rotation if you need to re-center yourself and, and think through a question that's asking you about contralateral rotation. All right, so sternocleidomastoid, very important. Flexes the neck, side bends the neck, contralateral rotation. Also, the scalenes on the anterior side of the neck. Flexes the neck, side bends the neck, contralateral rotation. Also responsible for thoracic outlet syndrome. The brachial plexus comes through the scalenes. It goes down underneath pec minor. So either one of those muscles would be responsible for thoracic outlet syndrome, which is compression of the brachial plexus. And if you have a question that talks about numbness down the arm, numbness down the arm, pec minor or scalenes are the culprit there. All right, those are muscles of the neck. I'm thinking of any more in the back that are super duper important. Not really, that's probably what will come up. Um, important muscles of the back. Don't forget erector spinae group, erector spinae group. 
include spinalis, longissimus, iliocostalis. They extend the back and side bend the back, okay? Main thing to remember. Transversal spinalis, also contralateral rotators. That may or may not come up. Transversal spinalis are small back muscles that kind of shoelace all the way up the vertebrae. They extend the back and they contralaterally rotate. All right, moving on to the front, we have the abdomen. Oh, ah, also on the back still, forgive me. Quadratus lumborum, quadratus lumborum, all right? Um, in the low back, it extends the back, side bends the back, and hikes the hip. Don't forget that, it hikes the hip. In the front, we have um, in the abdominals, the deepest abdominal muscle, right? Psoas major, psoas major, all right? It's a hip flexor, but it's in the, it's in the abdomen, we usually learn it there. So psoas major and iliacus makes the iliopsoas, right? They um, flex the hip, laterally rotate the hip, okay? Flex the hip, laterally rotate the hip. Um, let's see. Then we have abdominals. Don't forget transverse, transverse abdominis. Then we have internal obliques, external obliques, and then rectus abdominis. Remember, external obliques are contralateral rotators, right? Transverse abdominis compresses the contents of the, of the stomach, of the abdomen. Um, the uh, internal and external uh, obliques, they flex the abdomen, they side bend the abdomen, they rotate the abdomen. But the internal obliques rotate the shoulder to the same side, rotate the torso to the same side, the external obliques contralaterally rotate. The right side turn you, turns your shoulders to the left, okay? Um, rectus abdominis just flexes the abdomen, all right? It also is responsible for a posterior tilt, okay? It runs from the xiphoid process down to the pubis or vice versa. And when, it, when it's tight, it will pull your um, pelvis into a posterior tilt. Remember, pouring water out the back. Of the basin. Woo! Moving on. There's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, I think that covers neck, arms, um, back, abdomen. Let's move on to the legs. All right. So we have more groups of muscles in the legs, starting with the deep six lateral rotators. The deep six lateral rotators, which include piriformis, um, quadratus femoris, right? The obturators and the gamelli right? They laterally rotate the hip. That's the main thing to remember. Piriformis also abducts the flexed hip, okay? On top of that, or uh, superior to that, we have our hip muscles, which include tensor fascia lata in the front and the glute, and the glute muscles. So tensor fascia lata is in the front, right there with gluteus medius, gluteus, gluteus minimus. Gluteus minimus and tensor fascia lata flex the hip immediately rotate the hip. That's the main thing to remember. Gluteus medius abducts the hip and tensor fascia lata and gluteus minimus and gluteus maximus, all the glutes abduct the hip, but medius abducts the hips, flex the hip, extends the hip, immediately rotates the hip, laterally rotates the hip. Then we have gluteus maximus in the back, extends the hip, laterally rotates the hip, and of course still abducts the hip, all right? Um, now we have the adductors, the adductors, all right? The adductors include 
adductor brevis, adductor longus, adductor magnus. It also includes pectineus and gracilis. All of them adduct the hip. They also flex the hip. Gracilis does not, but the adductors and, pec and uh, pectineus flex the hip. Adduct and flex the hip. Main thing to remember. All right, don't forget quadriceps. Quadriceps on the anterior thigh, we have the vastus muscles, which includes vastus lateralis, vastus intermedius, vastus medialis. All right, and rectus femoris on top, the most superficial. They all extend the knee, extend the knee. But rectus femoris also flexes the hip. Get, leave them alone. Get out of there. All right, sorry, kids. <clears throat> and then on the back of the leg, we have the hamstrings. All the hamstrings originate on the um, ischial tuberosity, all right? And they run down to different areas around the knee, right? They flex the knee and extend the hip. Flex the knee and extend the hip, all right? Um, let me see. What's to remember there? Um, sartorius also. Sartorius also. Sartorius runs from the anterior superior iliac spine down to the pes anterine. It is the tailor's muscle, so it flexes the hip. It laterally rotates the hip. It abducts the hip, okay? And then it also flexes the knee. Um, What else? What else in the hip and the legs and everything? That's about it there. Um, moving down to the lower leg, primary uh, plantar flexors. Plantar flexors, of course, the posterior leg. We have the gastroc and soleus, all right, are the major plantar flexors. Tibialis and posterior, also plantar flexor, okay? On the front of the leg, we have the primary dorsi flexors that pull the toes back, up, back towards your shin, all right? Tibialis anterior is the main dorsi flexor, all right? Then let's talk about inversion and eversion. Inversion, both tibialis muscles invert the foot, all right? Tibialis anterior and tibialis posterior invert, inversion, all right? Peroneus longus and peroneus brevis evert the foot. They also plantar flex, but mainly eversion of the foot. There's a lot more to cover, but these are the most important, the ones that I want you to focus on the most, the ones I want you to drill. Um, a couple of other things to remember, all right? So a lot of times the questions will come in the form of lengthening versus shortening and also um, antagonist. So a question might say, what muscle antagonizes the quadriceps in extension of the knee? Okay, what muscle antagonizes the quadriceps in extension of the knee? Break that down, okay? They're basically telling you what muscle does the opposite of flexion of the knee. There's a lot of information there, but don't get distracted. All it's saying is, hey, we know that the quadriceps extend the knee. What muscle does the opposite? What antagonizes quadriceps in flexion of the knee? Well, in your answers, one of them is going to be a muscle that flexes the knee. So that would be the hamstrings, okay? Um, or one of the hamstrings could be biceps femoris, semitendinosus, or semimembranosus. But don't get lost in the sauce. If it talks about antagonists, what muscle antagonizes an action, all they're asking is what muscle does the opposite of this muscle, okay? 
Also, you're going to get questions that talk about contralateral rotation. Remember sternocleidomastoid. Remember the muscle in your neck, all right? If it's asking you about a muscle be of the head being turned, uh, let's say, slightly to the left, and it might have different options um, for which muscle does that. So it says your client presents with their head slightly rotated to the left. What muscle might be tightened, okay? And it might give you different options. It might have like right levator scapula or right sternocleidomastoid or left sternocleidomastoid. Well, if their head is turned to the left, that means it's going to be the right sternocleidomastoid because it's a contralateral rotator. Questions like that will come up. Um, also, it might come in the form of lengthen or shorten. If you wanted to lengthen a muscle, if you wanted to lengthen the hamstrings, what would you do? Well, we know that, that the hamstrings flex the knee, so one of the options might be extend the knee. That's going to lengthen the hamstrings. More likely, it'll be one, a muscle that um, flexes the hip, right? Because the hamstrings extend the hip. So if you want to lengthen them, you're going to do something that flexes the hip, okay? So you're going to flex the hip to lengthen the hamstrings. Um, so listen to this. On repeat, the muscles will start to stick in your head. In the next segment, I'm going to talk about um, the actions and what muscles do them in reverse. So the action and then the list of muscles that does the action. So happy studying. All right, now let's talk about the synergist. So now we're going to talk about each action and what muscles do that action, the main ones. Again, I'm not going to get into all the secondary ones and stuff, the main muscles that perform these actions. So let's start with the scapula. All right, it's always a good place to start. Actually, no, let's start with the neck, muscles of the neck. So neck flexors, flexion of the neck, main ones, sternocleidomastoid, scalenes. All right, sternocleidomastoid and scalenes flex the neck. There are more, but keep it sweet and simple. Extension of the neck, extension of the neck. All right, that's going to be uh, splenius capitis and trapezius and levator scapula. Splenius capitis, trapezius, and levator scapula are the main extensors of the neck. All those neck muscles we just talked about also side bend the neck. All right. And let's not forget rotation, ipsilateral rotators, generally the muscles that start on the back. So like splenius capitis and uh, levator scapula would be um, ipsilateral rotators. The right side turns the head to the right. All right. But let's not forget our very important contralateral rotators. So trapezius, sternocleidomastoid, and the scalenes are contralateral rotators. The right side will turn your head to the left. The left side will turn your head to the right. All right, moving down from the neck, we have muscles that act on the scapula. So elevation of the scapula. What muscles elevate the scapula? Levator scapula, trapezius, and rhomboids. What muscles depress the scapula? Trapezius, pec minor, serratus anterior, okay? What muscles adduct the, sca the scapula? rhomboids and trapezius, and muscles that abduct the scapula, pec minor and serratus anterior, abduct the scapula. All right, moving on to um, the shoulder. 
muscles that flex the shoulder, deltoid and biceps brachii and coracobrachialis, muscles that extend the shoulder, deltoid and triceps, all right? Muscles that abduct the shoulder, uh, supraspinatus and deltoid. Muscles that medially rotate the shoulder, subscapularis, latissimus dorsi and teres major and pec major, muscles that laterally rotate the shoulder, infraspinatus and teres minor. All right, let's move on from there. Uh, flexion of the elbow, biceps, brachii, brachialis. All right, extend the elbow, triceps, and anconius. All right, wrist flexors, of course, flex the wrist, and wrist extensors, of course, extend the wrist. Supinator, primary supinator, biceps, brachii. Um, primary pronator, pronator, quadratus. I'm sorry, pronator teres. Pronator teres is the main pronator. Okay, don't forget that brachioradialis also supinates and pronates. All right, moving on to the back. Primary extensors of the back, erector spinae group and quadratus lumborum. Okay, um, they also, both of those also side bend. All right, flexion of the trunk. That would be the abdominals. Of course, rectus femoris, internal and external obliques not transverse abdominis, all right? Um, also, rotation. So when you think of rotation of the torso, think bringing your left shoulder, bringing your left shoulder, well, let me see. Turning your shoulders to face the right would be a right rotation. Turning your shoulders to face the left would be a left side rotation. Remember, the internal obliques rotate to the same side. So the right obliques, right internal obliques will turn your shoulders to the right but the external obliques are contralateral rotators. So the right external rotators will turn your shoulders to the left. That's a little difficult to visualize, but just take my word for it. It does the opposite. The external obliques are contralateral rotators. All right, moving on down to uh, actions of the hips, okay? So the hips, the muscles that flex the hip, psoas, iliopsoas, all right? Um, and also rectus femoris, tensor fasciolata, main hip flexors, all right? Main hip extensors, the hamstrings. The hamstrings are the main hip extensors, but also glute maximus, hip extensor, all right? Um, hip abduction, all the glutes and tensor fasciolata abduct the hip, all right? Medial rotation of the hip would be the adductors. The adductors are the main medial rotators of the hip. Lateral rotators of the hip, the deep six, piriformis, quadratus femoris, and gemelli, and obturators, okay? Lateral rotators, also glute max, lateral rotator of the hip. Um, let's see, let's talk about flexion of the knee. Primary flexors of the knee, hamstrings, gastrocnemius hamstrings and gastrocnemius, main extensors of the hip, all right? Quadriceps, the quadriceps are the extensors of the knee. I'm sorry, I said the hip, but the knee. Main flexors of the knee, the hamstrings, and of course, all the muscles that attach at the pes and serene. So, silly goose steps, sartorius, gracilis, and semitendinosus, all right? So all the hamstrings flex the knee and all the quadriceps extend the knee, all right? Main plantar flexors, 
Gastroc and soleus are the main ones. There are others, antibialis posterior, main plantar flexors, the main dorsi flexors, um, tibialis anterior is our primary dorsi flexor, okay? Um, remember those and you can't go wrong. Inversion, main inver inverters are the tibialis muscles, anterior and posterior. The main everters or eversion of the foot would be fibularis longus and brevis. Um, let me see, what else, what else, what else? Those are all the major actions. Um, oh, I had a point, I had a point in there and I can't remember what it was. All right, that's about it, I guess. Okay, that's it. I remember what I wanted to talk about. So the um, pelvic tilt situation, pelvic tilt slash, slash lordosis, all that good stuff. All right, so muscles that tilt the pelvis anteriorly. So remember, we're thinking of the pelvis as a bowl of water. For it to tilt anteriorly, we are pouring water out the front. Anterior tilt is associated with hyperlordosis. It makes you sway back. It exaggerates the curve of the lower back. So muscles that will pull the pelvis into anterior tilt include anterior tilt, psoas, the psoas, the iliopsoas, and rectus femoris also can pull the um, pelvis into anterior tilt, okay, or hyperlordosis, all right? Or you might have weak hamstrings and weak abdominals because they are not counter countering that movement by posteriorly tilting the hip. So anterior tilt can be caused by tight rectus femoris, right? Tight quadratus lumborum as well will pull your pelvis forward because it's going to tighten in the back, all right? And then also iliopsoas, anterior tilt. Posterior tilt is going to be a tight rectus abdominis. Think little old man, they're kind of hunched forward. It is also kind of associated with hyperkyphosis, the opposite. So tight abdominals and also tight hamstrings can pull the pelvis into posterior tilt. Think of the water tilting out back, out the backside, all right? You might also be dealing with weak quadriceps, weak rectus femoris, and a weak quadratus lumborum, all right? It can go either way. Either these muscles are too tight, either the posterior tilt muscles are too tight or the anterior tilt muscles are too weak or vice versa if you have anterior tilt it could be because the anterior tilt muscles are too tight or the posterior tilt muscles are too weak all right so wrap your mind around that if they say your client presents with hyperlordosis what muscles might be too tight okay so hyperlordosis is associated with an anterior tilt so what muscles might be too tight? Well, the muscles that anteriorly tilt, like iliopsoas or rectus femoris. Or it might say what muscles might be too weak. If your client has hyperlordosis and an anterior tilt, what muscles might be too weak? Well, think the opposite. The muscles that should pull it into posterior tilt are too weak. So hamstrings are weak, okay? The hamstrings are weak or rectus abdominis is weak. Right, that's the other thing that I wanted to kind of talk about. All right, now happy studying. Here are a few more reminders for the embolex. Not necessarily all about muscles, but 
um, just a few points that um, might help to be heard a few times. All right, so let's start with proprioceptors, proprioceptors, Golgi tendon, and muscle spindle cells. Muscle spindle cells are in the belly of the muscle. Golgi tendons are in the tendons, all right, in the musculotendinous junction. All right, muscle spindle cells, think of a spindle, like a spool of thread, right? All the fibers are all coiled up and they don't want to stretch. So when they do stretch, it sounds an alarm, all right? So muscle spindles want to say want to stay twisted up and when they stretch, it sends a, sends a message. So muscle spindles monitor stretch, all right? And when they are stretched too quickly, they force a muscle to contract because they believe that they're going to stretch too quickly. So it will force a muscle to contract. We exploit this with reciprocal inhibition, all right? In order for me to contract, you must relax. So we exploit the muscle spindle cells to get the target muscle to relax by forcing the antagonist muscle to contract, all right? That's a lot, but keep it simple. Muscle spindles monitor stretch, all right? Um, and they force a muscle to contract in order to keep from stretching too far. And we manipulate that with reciprocal inhibition. Reciprocal inhibition means in order for me to contract, you must relax. So if we want our target muscle to relax, we force the antagonist to contract against resistance, all right? Golgi tendon monitor tension and they're found in the tendon okay they monitor tension so they feel like you're a little too tense i need you to relax golgi tendon proprioceptors will force a muscle to relax we exploit this by using pulse isometric relaxation immediately after a contraction a muscle will relax more so this is contract relax when you push a muscle to it stretch to stretch the muscle pull back a little, have them contract against resistance, and then now you can stretch the muscle further, okay? So Golgi tendon, monitor tension. They force a muscle to relax in response to too much tension. We exploit this with post-isometric relaxation or contract-relax techniques, all right? Um, remember eccentric versus concentric contractions isotonic contraction means same tone same tone of isotronic contractions the weight stays the same but the length of the muscle changes so you have concentric contractions and eccentric contractions concentric contractions will shorten under tension eccentric contractions will lengthen under tension you can generally remember concentric is towards the clouds so lifting a book Against gravity is a concentric contraction of the biceps. The biceps will shorten as it raises the book. Eccentric is lowering to the earth. So when you lower a heavy book down, it's not the triceps causing the muscle, the, uh, the arm to the elbow to extend. It's the biceps controlling the descent of the heavy object. So the bicep is lengthening even though it's under tension. That's eccentric versus concentric contraction. Isometric means same length. So that's when you contract a muscle, but there's no change in length. So wall sits or planks would be examples of 
isometric contractions or just holding a heavy object and it doesn't move. That's an isometric contraction. Um, what else? Let's talk about jump over to the nervous system, how the nervous system breaks down. Of the nervous system, we have the central nervous system and the peripheral nervous system. The central nervous system includes the brain and spinal cord. The peripheral nervous system includes everything else. Every other nerve is the peripheral nervous system, including spinal nerves and cranial nerves. Remember, OOO to touch and feel. Okay? Um, so central, the nervous system is broken down into the central nervous system and peripheral nervous system. The peripheral nervous system is broken down into the somatic nervous system and autonomic nervous system. The somatic nervous system being the part we control, so our skeletal muscle, and autonomic being everything else that we don't control, like internal functions and organs and veins and whatnot, the, soft, the smooth muscle. Of the autonomic nervous system, it breaks down further into the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system. Parasympathetic is fight or flight. I'm sorry. Oh, I just messed that up. Sympathetic nervous system is fight or flight, adrenal glands, stress, epinephrine, norepinephrine, increased heart rate. All right? Stress. We need to fight this bear stress. Parasympathetic nervous system is rest and digest. This is the goal of massage, to put people into the parasympathetic nervous system. All right? So back to the top. The nervous system is broken down into the central nervous system and peripheral nervous system. Peripheral nervous system is further broken down into the somatic and autonomic. Somatic we control. Autonomic is automatic. The autonomic nervous system is further broken down into the parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous systems. Sympathetic is fight or flight, stress hormones, adrenal glands. Parasympathetic is rest and digest, the feel-good hormones, dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin. All right. Um, what else? What else? What else? I'll make another segment. I don't want to keep up the timer.